White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. After a walk-off victory by the White Sox tonight, it is Herb Lawrence here. With me is Chris Tannehill. We are reunited, and it feels so good. Chris, how are you feeling tonight? Welcome back, Herbie. Let me ask my buddy Bill Walton how he's feeling tonight. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Studge Turkle Bridge, Division Street. Let's go. And uh, some sad news tonight here. Uh, after the White Sox win tonight, 6-5, to five, uh, walking it off in the ninth inning, courtesy of Yasmani Grandal. Um the passing of Chadwick Bozeman is kind of uh, got me all messed up tonight. Uh, he passed away. If you didn't hear that tonight, he, of course, of Black Panther fame, and um, I, I, w- I don't want to say appropriately, but I- ironically, today being Jackie Robinson Day across Major League Baseball, uh, normally it's April fifteenth, but it ends up being today. And after all that's happened this week, it's kind of odd that it winds up being today. And then all of a sudden, the actor who played Jackie Robinson. Passes away today at the age of 43. Just, man, just, it's cliche to say at this point, but 2020, man, you know, I, I'm, I've, I've about had it, man. It's just, it's just awful. It's like every time you open the computer or you get a text from somebody, the news is worse and worse every single day. Uh, Herb, you a big Chadwick Boseman guy at all? I am a Chadwick Boseman guy, and I looked up the thing, and the reports are wrong. He is 42. Oh, okay. And of course, Jackie Robinson's number forty-two. God di- dies on as at the age of forty-two on Jackie Robinson Day. Just yeah, it's a real gut punch of a uh, you know young, thriving, great actor played Thurgood Marshall, played James Brown, wow! played uh, of course Jackie Robinson and uh, his iconic role as T'Challa, King of uh, Wakanda and Black Panther. So, yeah, it was a real gut punch, but uh, he won't, you know, he'll be gone off this earth, but he has left us with a lot of great performances, so we'll never, ever. And your guy, Danny McNeil, of course, will love him <laughs> Vontae forever. Mack, no matter exactly, what. in draft day. So, yeah, it's it's a sad day, but also he lived a great 42 years, and he left us with a lot of memories, so we'll never ever be away or be far away from Chadwick Boseman but yeah absolutely I don't, did you ever see 42 I did I've seen it multiple times okay yeah I mean you so you know I don't know if we if we line up on our thoughts on this on that movie you know I thought it felt like a Walt Disney production of what was uh you know a, a harrowing story of Jackie Robinson I thought they did their best job to tell the truth but it was a uh, kind of in a whitewashed uh, manner so to speak but I think that Chadwick Boseman brought a real uh, humility and charm to that role, which was he just he 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 lifted the the film up to a higher level just by his performance, despite all the other factors around him. So that's like the the trademark of of a fine actor is being able to elevate everything around you and make it a better picture. So I don't know if you feel the same way about that movie, but he was absolutely outstanding in that movie. 
Oh yeah, he, he's uh, fantastic. He, you get lost in that he's actually Jackie Robinson. I do at least yeah, when I, I watch did. it. Yep. And so yeah, I watched the original one where Jackie Robinson plays himself, and you know, you know, he's playing himself, and it's not like authentic. It's just like he's playing a, a caricature of himself. Right. But I felt like Chadwick was Jackie. I felt the pain, especially that one scene where he goes into the the hallway in the dugout and he just starts hitting the the wall with the bat because the frustration and the the Philly manager is getting to him. So, uh, yeah, I felt the power of that performance and. Yeah, he's a great, great actor. Uh, Howard University uh, educated, went to Oxford for, I think, a semester and just learned out that uh, Denzel Washington paid for some of his education when he did go over uh, the pond to uh, acting school over there in Oxford. So that's amazing. Very, very sad that uh, Chadwick Boseman is off this earth. And I haven't seen the the Five Bloods movie yet. Uh, I I saw it. Um, It's very interesting, man. Um, I saw it when I was uh, was on vacation. And, of course, I I love the cast. Um, I'm not a huge, huge Spike Lee fan, even though some of his movies are some of my favorite movies. But overall, like, you know, but... Isaiah Woodlock Jr. being in it, he's awesome, of course. Uh, I, I'm a big Delroy Lindo fan. He was awesome. And Chadwick Boseman had a smaller part. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to give too much away, but it was kind of uh, the dynamic there in that movie for him was a little bit different. They're sort of it's not spoiling anything. They're you know he he, he his character in the movie is dead. Like they're 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 going back to Vietnam and sort of to to uh, tie up some loose ends and they're sort of honoring him along the way. But his his role throughout the movie. It's really, it, it's it's on point for the times. Um, you, you should go back and watch it. I, I encourage people to check it out. It's definitely an interesting movie the way Spike Lee did it uh, with a lot of the flashback scenes and things like that. It's it's unlike anything you've ever seen, but it's driven by uh, many great performances in that movie. So I would definitely recommend checking it out because Isaiah Whitlock Jr. doesn't get any better than that, folks. So yeah, uh, I saw that. Uh... <laughs> Uh, Clark Peters is also in the movie. Absolutely, yes. That's that's who else I was forgetting. Yeah, he's awesome too. Lester Freeman, <laughs> that, for those who don't know, who that, that is. That's right. So, uh, good news tonight, though. Uh, the White Sox winner six to five. As I mentioned, they move their record to twenty and twelve. And if you're not first, you're last. They move into a first place tie with the Cleveland Indians and Minnesota Twins. The Minnesota Twins having their postponement tonight. So, yeah, Sox are sitting at first place. What a difference a week makes, man. Um, where should we start tonight? I, I feel like we should start with uh, with Ronaldo Lopez. He had a little bit of a rocky night, uh, ultimately settles in a little bit. But but here's what Ronaldo Lopez does. Uh, gets through the first inning pretty quickly, ground out, fly out, walk, and a pop out. Second inning, gives up the leadoff double to Franco. Gordon reaches on a bunt, so he gets a little bit of a jam there. He ends up striking out Mondesi and, and getting Lopez out on that bunt up in his face area. Um, gets Cam Gallagher to pop out, escapes the jam. Third inning, things get interesting. Uh, gives up the home run to Whit Merrifield. Uh, do we still hate him? <laughs> do we still hate Whit Merrifield, yes. by the way? Okay, good. Uh, I don't care. The Sox could be in the dog pile after a seven-game World Series victory over the Cubs, and I'd still be like, you know what? That Whit Merrifield is still just pissing me off somewhere with his, with his clutch <laughs> clutch hitting and the way he does everything. Yeah, he's going to hit somewhere in <laughs> off the offseason. Off yeah, off a of White Sox picture. Yeah. yeah. So the home run to, to Whit Merrifield, uh, Hunter Dozier single, Jorge Soler single, Ryan O'Hare and Hutchies as he gets a single as well, making the two to one Kansas City. So 
four straight hits, and then out comes Coop, and he tells him something positive. Oh, hey, Ronaldo, stop giving up four consecutive hits. And then what does he do? He gets uh, Franco to strike out with the no, no, no. Strike three on a slider. (laughs) Franco's scream you could probably hear in Jackson County, Missouri. Says, oh, no, 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 no. I think he said it, I think eight times, maybe nine no's. Nobody can do the shake. Yeah. Tell it walking. <laughs> um, <laughs> then he strikes out Alex Gordon on the slider. Uh, he starts to get that slider working a bit. Ultimately gets, uh, I always called him Raul. He's not his daddy. Uh, Adalberto. I, mean, I think that's his real name, Raul Mondesi. Okay, so all right. Because so, when he first came into the league, he was Raul Mondesi Jr. He, he was like the first player ever to start his major league career in the World Series. Okay, that's a good little. Yeah, I'll be I'll be telling that one to my work buddies. Oh wait, but you are my work buddy. That doesn't do me hey. any damn good. <laughs> So he gets Mondesi to ground out to end the inning. Um, you know, he, he ultimately gets the slider working a little bit. Um, fourth inning, he gets himself out of some more trouble. He throws seven consecutive balls, and he walks Nicky Lopez. He then bails himself out by striking out Gallagher, and Grandal nails Lopez at second base. That's absolute heresy, I say. The fact that a White Sox catcher is allowed to throw someone out, I don't believe that. That has to be against the rules. They certainly aren't playing by Queensberry rules. Um, <laughs> so I'll, when it's all said and done on Ronaldo Lopez, four innings pitch, six hits, two runs, both of them earned, two walks, four strikeouts. And, of course, giving up the home run to it's Merrifield. I heard you say on Lawrence's show today that you are done with Ronaldo. I believe you said you wanted to pull the plug on him, which is a reference yes. to someone on life support. Do you want to kill Ronaldo Lopez? Or? I want to kill his starting <laughs> career as a White Sox pitcher. Yes, right, 100%. Speak on it. Because he is – he can't make it to represent innings. So – I'm only asking, as I put on Twitter, five innings, three or, three runs or less. That's all. That's the bare minimum from him and or Gio Gonzalez. Bare minimum. And he can't even get us there. So I got to I gotta have him do something else. As a reliever, I think he'll be much better served. He can use that 97-mile-per-hour fastball and maybe reach back for an extra 99 and – do something with it. His slider was kind of flat today. A couple times it, it broke nicely, but all he needs is that fastball slider combination and has some tunneling where he's coming into a game, you know, maybe late innings, uh, maybe he's a closer and guys can't see him. And once they see him on multiple times, they're like, okay, I got this fastball is pretty straight. And the slider, I just got to wait back for until he hangs it. And I'm good. I just think he runs out of gas and he doesn't understand how to pitch he knows how to throw hard he knows how to you know uh showcase the slider the curveball and the change but i just think he needs to throw a couple of those pitches out of the window and just be a reliever and they're just holding on to this guy for some reason and we saw dane dunny do what he did but i gotta see in the subs in the subsequent game since dane dunny did what he did i gotta see two starts from ronaldo lopez well, and that man didn't even get past the four, the, the getting to the fifth inning and any of those starts. Well, here's Garbage. the thing. I mean, let's not forget, though, you know, Dane Dunning is coming off the Tommy John. So I think that would explain why they're trying to slow roll him back um, and just make sure he's at 
uh, peak strength because they, they may need him here down the stretch. Now it's getting real now. you got 29 games left, and you're in a first-place tie. So I think they just want to be smart with Dane Dunning. But as far as Lopez goes, like you're, you definitely nailed it on, on how he needs to improve on the mound. But I will say this. you know, He's another guy who's sort of just working his way back from that injury he had in, in game one. And, of course, we know what happens with pitchers this year after the, the minimal ramp-up time. So I, my gut says that you're right, and it's, I think they're fine. If, if the White Sox have to say, you know what, Ronaldo, you're, you're going to be our guy you know, replacing Evan Marshall or you're, you know, you'll be our guy, a bridge guy to bummer or whatever it is. You know, I, I think he's greater in, in small you know, bursts. So my gut says you're right on that one, and I think that's just how he's going to profile out to be. But I think you still give him a couple more outings to, to, to get it going, but it, it would be beneficial to have more of a plan, I think, going forward. I, I think they had the sort of the right idea tonight. They just ran into a little bad luck with uh, Matt Foster tonight, but uh, ultimately, I, I think, you know, piggybacking him with someone like uh, Hoyer or, or Gonzalez like they did last time, I think that would be a right plan for now and see, let him prove you otherwise, let him prove his, you know, earn the trust back that he can go deeper into a ball game. But for now, I, I got to say, I think you're right in terms of how he projects in the long term. But I, I think still it's a little early to say, you know what, just move him to the pen. But, it, you know, it, we're talking a four-hour game here tonight, and he certainly had a part of it. And I, and I know I, mm-hmm. had a, I had a part of it tonight when I said, hey, Herbie, 6 o'clock start tonight. They moved it up for the rain that never came. Way to go, <laughs> way to, way to go Roger Bozard. And the White Sox have one of the best ground screw guy in baseball, Roger Bozard. He's been there since 1983. 83. Um, but, yeah, so – you know, slow game. Watching him pitch sometimes, it's really just it's a horrendous experience because it's never it's never smooth. You know, he takes too much time out there. You know, walking people and you know he can never throw first pitch strike seemingly ever. But yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes here the rest of the way for him and see if he can earn his way back into going deeper into the ball game. Uh, the bullpen tonight a little shaky. I mentioned Matt Foster is apparently a human, finally giving up his first runs of the season tonight, giving up two runs when he came in the ballgame. Um, Cody Hoyer did a nice job. Evan Marshall did a nice job. Jimmy Guns holding the line. Uh, but then we had your guy Colum A come in, his first blown save of 2020. Last year he was uh, – I thought he was better than this last year, but he was uh, 30 for 33 last year for save opportunities. So he blows it tonight. He didn't get a lot of help by his defense. We'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But your overall, uh, you know, closing the book here on the on the pitching uh, staff tonight. How do you, how you evaluate the rest of the guys out there and how they did? I just think, uh, yeah, Lopez was poor. Matt Foster, he was bound to have one of these games, and the pitch that he did give the home run up to uh, Jorge Soler, not a bad pitch necessarily over the plate a little bit. Yeah. And Jorge Soler, that's is a guy he hit fifty home yeah. runs last year, so that that's going to happen sometimes. Yeah, so I'm not too sad. I mean, Cody Horror keeps on impressing me with his moving fastball, 98 plus. He's he's a beast. I, I mean, these two guys, Hoyer and Foster, are huge like finds for the White Sox in their bullpen. I mean, I know people like uh, probably James Fox or my guy Mike Rankin or Clinton Cole, guys who've been watching uh, minor league Sox baseball for a minute now are like, come on, man, these guys were coming anyways. But I. I'm totally shocked by how good they are. Uh, Evan Marshall continues to be solid. Uh, James Cordero, you know, whatever. He's fine. He's good. I think in, in the long term, he's a 
you know, fifth, sixth, seventh inning guy, nothing. He's, he's your up, the, up by a lot or behind by a lot guy, ultimately. Yeah. And that's fine. He's he, been great he so far. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. But I think ultimately when you're in your world championship window, I think that's a guy you want out there. They miss Aaron Bummer, without a doubt. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what's the status of him when he's coming back, but that's a guy ordinarily wouldn't be pitching in that spot. But him and Evan Marshall... They're doing their thing, man. They're keeping the socks. I mean, they're in first place right now with despite all the things that have happened. So, you know, they, they, they're they very lucky to this point with the bullpen, but I don't know how much longer it can continue, really. Yeah, um, and I have no problem with what Colomay did today. I don't believe the blown save was his fault. No. Uh, botch rundown. I mean, either Jose's got to give that ball up or he's got to tag, um, tag uh, Franco there. And that's got to be an out. DJ was the, mad. I was listening to the radio call. DJ was not happy about that one. And, and you, you know, yeah. se- seldom, you know, DJ will tell it like it is, but sometimes things offend DJ's uh, baseball sensibilities. And that certainly was one of those moments. Well, that definitely was Keystone Cops at their best. Abreu threw the ball home, but nobody was looking. And the ball went right through Grandall's legs. Yeah, that that's that's just ugly from a team with the level of play that they've been playing at. So yeah, so that that definitely wasn't pretty. Uh, but I had no doubts that the, that they would uh, ultimately walk it off in the next inning. I thought it was a bad move by by Matheny not to bring in the closer there in that spot. Uh, you know, Rosenthal has been so great, but uh, they miss Bummer. That's that's all you can say. And they hope they get him back soon because I don't know how long this thing can can stay together in that bullpen. So. I mean, if you keep on throwing out Ronaldo Lopez, you're gonna have to have long as. That's what I like mean. This. Yeah, but unless so, you have a, a, st- a static plan, like all right, it's gonna be Ronaldo and it's gonna be Geo, and then of course, then you'd have to incorporate Dunning into the fold uh, on a more regular basis. So yeah, there's a lot of moving parts there. But yeah, you, certainly a valid point. Like this thing cannot give if you if you cannot go deep into a ball game like that. He's got to give us at least five. You know, the next outing has got to be at least five innings. So. We'll see where that goes. Uh, offense tonight, but first of all, Danny Duffy out there in the mound tonight. Everyone was saying, "Oh, I can't wait!" You know, for the Sox to eat against Danny Duffy because they've been crushing lefties lately. But we know better than that, don't we, Herb? Mm-hmm. Um, Danny Duffy was fine tonight. But overall, your thoughts? You know, we, we've talked about Danny Duffy quite a bit uh, on the score because Danny Parkins of the McNeil and Parkins Show, who I work with, you know, he worked in Kansas City for many years and. Uh, you know, he's, he, he knows Danny Duffy relatively well, at least knows the situation. And that seems like it would be a, a prime trade target for any team in contention. But apparently the story goes is, you know, he just loves being a Royal. I mean, he's been there, I think, since what, 2013 or something like that. And he's won his World Series there and he just he just likes it there. And, you know, just, you know tip my hat to you, more power to you. But, man, that, that'd be a nice piece to throw out there in, at the end of your rotation, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. The guy is just a bulldog out there. He gets the job done. And like I said, I think people were saying, man, yeah, lefty out there and White Sox are going to feast. And I was like, no, man, Danny Duffy's had a nice, nice year. And last year he was decent. And he's faced the White Sox many times. I don't ever recall us just, you know, serving him. I'm sure they have uh, done a good job versus him. But I don't ever recall just like, okay, we've been getting Danny Duffy's number here and we've been crushing him. But, no, he's really solid. He had uh, five and two-thirds today, gave up three earned, uh, four total. And it was striking us out left and right. And, you know, he's going to give up the home runs to the phenoms out there. And he when you did, got yes. Luis Robert. Yeah, he did. I mean, I, when I, once I was hit, I was like, that's gone. He's a fucking beast. So I want to thank everyone for checking out the Luis Robert episode last night that I did solo. And uh, there was a lot of moments like this uh, over the last week or so with Steve Stone and sort of being lockstep into everything that Luis Robert's going to do at the plate. And that was the case tonight. So... 
I've had a lot of people who are jumping into White Sox baseball, haven't watched a whole lot of White Sox baseball. They've seen maybe two games of Luis Robert. And the first thing they say is, what's the deal with this guy? Is he for real? What's inside of him? I want to know if somebody asked you to explain Luis Robert in one sentence, what would your Luis Robert headline be? Think about it. I don't think I need a sentence. Unlimited potential. There is truly nothing he can't do. And when he starts to get confidence to take the first pitch on occasion, he's going to even be better. Luis drills this ball right field and God bring him home. Took the first pitch. He's going to be better. That's eight home runs, 19 driven in, and astonishing power. Well, unlimited potential, I believe, is the headline that you put out there. I mean, that's what it is. He is a huge ball of talent that's yet to be realized. He doesn't know how good he can be. Just amazing. Another moment right there. You'll be hearing that one on episode five of Locked On, Luis Robert. But um, 105 miles per hour on the exit velocity, 381 feet. Uh, good stuff right there. You know, he, he, you know, love to see him taking that first pitch, like Stoney said. Um, power was there tonight uh, for the lineup. Uh, you know, got that big home run from Eloy that we mentioned. Uh, by the way, an, another Luis Robert thing uh, I want to get to before we close the book on him for the night. He had that 10-pitch at-bat in the sixth, and that could have been maybe his best at-bat in his young career. Uh, they brought in Jesse Hahn to face him. And he kept trying to get him to roll over on that sinker. But he couldn't quite, you know, bury it, you know, low enough, deep enough, and couldn't execute. And and Lou Bob just kept fouling off pitch after pitch after pitch, ten pitch at bat, till ultimately uh, he muscles that single out there. But that was just a great at bat by Luis Robert right there too. Amazing, like it was every pitch was inside, burying it on his hands, and like you said, it was sinker, sinker, sinker. And then he barely got his hands in and got a deep, nice sweet spot of the bat, not the you know, barrel of it, but enough to get it over. And he's strong enough to get it over the infielder's head. It was a very nice at bat. And it's, those are bats that will carry you further in the season. And also your, your teammates later on. They saw all he can offer right there. He couldn't get Luis Robert out. It's very hard to get him out in the strike zone, even though that last pitch was a little in he still was like, okay, this guy can't get me out. He's throwing the same pitch, and I'm one of these times I'm going to get him, and it's going to be a knock, and he got his knock, and it's good to see the kid just you know, learning, and he's just, like, I think now, like, just going off of pure talent, I want to see the maturation of learning and then talent and then, like, understanding everything that's going on in the game like like he's got experience he understands the pitchers he's been he faces them he's already faced them a couple times so setting up pitchers for the next at bats yeah exactly all that stuff to, and right now he's just doing this on raw talent yep and i'm i'm just excited for the kid he's just he's just uh, uh like <laughs> like stoney said unlimited unlimited potential it's Un- gonna be Unlimited. <laughs> Russell wasn't unlimited. His name's Mr. 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 Unlimited. <laughs> Potential. A- another kid to be excited about. You mentioned Eloy. 
he contributed. He's on a tear. Two-run homer in the fifth, 111 miles per hour exit velocity, 452 feet. Give him a shrubbery, <laughs> Benetti says. Uh, he's got that unbuttoned swag going uh, with the only buttoning three buttons, I believe, or the, you know, the first, the top three unbuttoned. So he's out there, uh, you know, chain swinging, uh, shirt open. And then there's Luis Robert next to him in center field, and he's got the long sleeve going underneath the black jersey. What's he doing, partner? <laughs> What's going on there? It's 90 degrees out there at game time. He's like, this is a, this is a cool breeze in Cuba, friends. <laughs> Jesus. It's a nice night. <laughs> God, if you got it, flaunt it, Luis. Good, my God. What's he Yeah, doing? and I'm trying to think, uh, like, so he's got the – Eloy's got the shirt all open and then no undershirt. I just don't know. Like, I, I'll be chafing. I'm a, I'm a nipples chafe every time I watch Eloy <laughs> bad. I'm like, how do you guys not have an undershirt? And then he has, like, an arm sleeve on. I'm like – I don't make I'm like, what's what's that protecting, bro? Like, what are you doing there? And like, and I just don't. I mean, I guess it's the fashion. Hey, hey if it works, that man is on uh on one, as the kids would say. Well, right yeah, now. I don't know any kids that would say that. Um I maybe it's I'm like I, maybe it's like, you know, they used to say James Gandolfini on the set of the Sopranos, he'd walk around if he had to do a scene where he was angry, he'd walk around with a rock in his shoe all day long. So maybe mm. I, but Eloy's not even mad up there, but maybe to give himself an edge, he's walking around with chafed nipples all day. You know, because <laughs> because no undershirt. Um but yeah, we'll we'll have to ask one of the beat writers, you know, even though well they can't go in the locker room, so how the hell are they gonna know? I'll just say you see if a beat writer could see if he's got like a like a tank top on, on underneath that, but I don't think so. I don't think there's like a a sleeveless tank going on under there. That's just that's all Eloy right there for you. Um, some other things uh, I liked from the offense tonight. Nomar Mazar with a really nice AB in the sixth inning. Uh, he had that run scoring walk. Um, starts off as at bat 0 and 2, and then he goes on and battles back for a 10 pitch at bat, drawing the walk to score the run. Look, he's obviously hasn't been producing. We got the tweet. From uh, from an avid listener, but I think you know we're done with the Nomar Mazar experiment. But it's just it's not going to work that way. You know they're, they're going to ride it out here, and so you have to sort of take these little victories where you can. And we and we thought things have been trending in the right direction for him as far as the at bats go, and tonight was a little bit of that. But you know I, I have faith that eventually he's going to break out because he's he's seeing the ball really well. He's got great pitch recognition in in the zone. Like you know maybe he's a got the Moncada thing where you know you'd like to see him be a little bit more aggressive at times but he's he recognizes the strike zone so I will give him that and today it actually led to a run yeah and uh I'm upset because I had well uh, <laughs> a bet on the line today. yes I want to get to that yes Adam Ingle just had to hit a home run so it was plus 850 so I put I had a $50 credit from FanDuel today and they gave me free credit so I was like I'm just gonna let it ride on a on a long shot 850 on a long shot. And so I was excited when the bases are loaded. It's like, oh, my man Adam Eagle's up now. So perfect. We're going to um, let him bat because he's got, what, three home runs this year. They're never going to fucking put in a guy that has zero home runs this year. I don't <laughs> care if it's lefty righty. Um, he has zero home runs and he's been playing poorly this year in the sixth inning also. Um, and well, truth be told, Adam Eagle, better defensive player. So why would you take him out? And so I was really mad just about the you know the bet, firstly. And then secondly, the strategy made no damn sense. It worked out because Nomar worked a nice count. And this is the second or third time that he has been down 0-2, and I thought the bet was over. Then he battles back and either 
the I think the times before he got an infield single to get a run in. This time he drew a walk to get the run in. So it worked out, uh, but it just didn't make sense. Strategy-wise, it didn't make sense. It was way too early in the game for him to take Adam Engel out of the game. Luckily, it did not come back and bite them in the ass because of uh, defensive uh, purposes. But this next to bad, Nomar Mazar looked bad again. But, yeah, small victories for him. If he can do that type of thing, we're drawing walks or uh, have a productive at bat, I'll take what I can get now because it's – it's I – there's nothing really he can do. Like if he goes on a tear, a Jose Abreu like tear, then I'm like, okay, cool. That was worth it. But we're more than halfway into the second uh, to the season now. And what, just 28 games, 27 games left. I don't see it happening for Nomar Mazar. And this was a failed experiment and it's only 60 games. So I don't know how much I'm going to put into this basket, but, he hasn't done anything this year, and I'm very disappointed in what has happened so far in the right field. But at least it gives us the opportunity to get somebody in right field next year, or at least the option to get somebody next year in right field, even though so it looks like the Jerry Reinsdorf might not be looking to spend money on another free agent. Absolutely. Uh, grinding out at bats uh, sort of were the theme of the night for both teams uh, led to this four-hour game. Um so after you know, we we go to the uh, to the seventh inning, after Encarnacion drew a six pitch walk to load the bases, Juan Moncada he grinds himself out a nine pitch at bat and he muscles an RBI single out to right field, breaking the tie, uh, making it five to four. Yoan, man, he just he's out there laboring, man. Like you know, you saw on, on that wild uh, that wild bunt play, he's out there wincing. You know, we didn't talk about it the the other day, but in that getaway game, he's out there, you know, pulling up, limping, and you know, hitting that double. You know, at, at some point, I don't know what you do because now you're in first place, and unless a guy says I want to be out of the lineup, like I can't go anymore, like if he's if he's not saying otherwise, you got to keep running him out there. But to his credit, you know, he does Yoan Moncada things and grinds out a nice at bat there. And so you're feeling pretty good heading into the ninth inning. And then, of course, uh, Colome comes in, blows the save, as we mentioned earlier. Um, but also in that eighth inning, um, the Royals sub in uh, Maybreece Valoria. Herb, uh, when you went to high school, did you go to high school with anyone named Maybreece Valoria? Oh, yeah. She was in my uh, chemistry <laughs> class uh Third period. Oh, Good girl. Oh, cool. Great gal. Great gal. Um, <laughs> so then we go to the ninth inning, tied at five. We won't. We won't address that ugly ugliness in the in the top of the ninth inning. Uh, it's uncharacteristic of how they've been playing so far. So we go to the ninth inning. I'm feeling pretty good. You know, when you have a lineup, getting back to you know the the point earlier about everyone just grinding out at bats. You have that feeling watching this team this year where it's like if this guy doesn't get it done, there's someone behind him that can get it done. There's an experienced professional hitter or at least young, talented hitter with, with, with raw power that can get it done behind him. And you feel like at any point, anyone can go deep. And that certainly was the case in the bottom of the ninth for yes, yes. Yasmani in the air. Right field. Way back. And bring him home. Sox are in first place. I don't know if it gets any better than that as a baseball fan when you when your free agent slugger drops the bat, ten out of ten style points, walks it off, and your team's in first place. Things are looking pretty good for our Sox now, Herbie. Oh hell yeah! I I tweeted earlier. It just seemed in his first at bat, and 
bets on uh, Wednesday, I believe it was. He just uh, no Wednesday, uh, yeah Wednesday because he was uh, in there p- uh, catching Dallas Keiko. It just seemed like he was getting his stroke back, and even on first and second at bats, he popped up, and it wasn't uh, the results weren't great. I was like, okay, he's keeping his eye on the ball. He's he's getting his foot down in time. His rhythm looks good. He just looks comfortable at the box. Earlier in the year, he was just off. His time was off, and that could be because of this long layoff and all those things, and, you know, you don't know. And new team, all that stuff, uh, atmosphere and all that. But I just saw something in him. I was like, this guy's about to start hitting. And, you know, he got that rocket single that uh, I think it drove in a run that was head high. And uh, no, he didn't drive in a run, but uh, Eloy had to be at first base and just had to pause because it was hit so hard to the right fielder. He didn't know if he was going to catch it or it's going to one hop him. And he eventually got the second, but I was like, okay, here he comes. The lefty stroke is good. And then when he came up in the ninth, I just felt something that this guy is going to do something good. I didn't know he was going to do that. But he knew the fuck he was going to do that. He knew immediately, like you said, the the dropping of the bat. I don't know which one I like better, his right-handed or his left-handed dropping the bat. Because when he gets it, he knows it. Because I think he did it, I forgot which game, right-handed. Yeah, Yeah. and he knew he had every piece of that, and it was a smooth-ass drop of the bat. And this one was like, okay, three-fourths of the swing was done, and the bat was done, too. He's like, yeah, I got this. And everybody else, I, I initially off the bat, I was like, okay, this is a deep fly ball. It's got a chance. But he's like, no, I got the fuck out of that ball, guys. Calm down. <laughs> um, Quickly, wrapping it up here, I always enjoy uh, when you can shoehorn in a Bronx Tale reference in a Major League broadcast. I, I'm here for it all day, every day, Steve Stone. I like watching catchers in their sleight of hand trying to frame just about anything. Well, if you remember the Bronx tale, you might as well give it a shot. He took a shot. Your mother told me she caught you by the bar today. I was by the bar. Tell your father the truth. I was by the bar. So why'd you lie? I took a shot. Want to do something here? What am I going to say? Took a shot. Nice try, son. Thanks, Dad. That was out of left field by Stoney tonight, but I'm I'm here for it. Uh, Herb, where do you rank Bronx, Bronx Tale? I know you're not as big of a of a mob movie guy as I am, but uh, what do you hold a Bronx Tale in high regard? I do. It was a very very sweet. Love story about a Italian guy um, falling in love with a black girl, Jane. You know, and a little a little racism in there, whatever. <laughs> you know, a little racism, a little. Gay. Oh yeah, just but, uh, yeah, just pepper in a little racism. It's <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> a little to racism, make. a little killing. And then uh, you know, there's I don't know if there's a better line then now you can't leave oh it's amazing yeah um that and the scene about you know you know go tell mickey mantle you follow the campaign's rent see what he says um but let me tell and you and also the like like when i was dating i would do the test <laughs> i think we all did like for all you youngsters out there before um before you know all, all the the you had you could unlock the door with your with your car key remotes like yeah, that's standard on every automobile now for you youngsters out there. Back in the day, we didn't all have that. You may have had power locks on the inside, but you could actually you know go around open up the door. And the test in the Bronx Tale movie was you open the do- car door for the lady, 
and your door would be locked on the other side and you'd, you'd go around the back of the car and give it a second, give it a couple beats and see if the young lady would unlock your door for you. And with my, me and my guys, we mentioned that all the time. And we'd even mention that if we were, if we were all hanging out to like, not even with any girls involved, it was just like, you go pick up your guy at, at the spot before you're going out to, to grub or whatever. And you see if he'd open up the door for you. Like, Oh, you're one of the great ones. <laughs> hey, what, what if she doesn't uh, reach over and unlock that door for you, Tanny? Oh, oh God. What is it? What <laughs> you, I get you got me on that one. What is the line from the She's movie? A selfish broad. Oh, you dump right. her. You dump her fast. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> a funny Bronx Tale thing. So I saw it live when it was at um, was it is the Cadillac Theater down here in Chicago? Um, some years ago, maybe ten years ago. Chaz Palminteri was doing a one man show because he wrote the movie, he directed the movie. Um, well, maybe maybe De Niro directed it, but Chaz wrote it. He wrote the screenplay and he performed mm-hmm. the one man show. And afterwards, you've seen the poster in my basement. They have like both, you know, the uh, the the playbill poster, and you know, you're waiting around after, and you know, I had him I had him sign my poster, but this kid was with his dad in front of me, and it was so surreal and, and perfect. But like he's signing the poster for this kid, and and he says, you know, remember that part in the play about wasted talent. I mean that, okay? There's nothing worse in life than wasted talent, son. So make, make sure you use your talent to your best abilities. I was like, oh, shit. He's saying the line from the thing to the thing and the kid. <laughs> <laughs> but it was pretty cool, though. You know what I mean? But so, yeah, that's I, I like the movie. Like, you know, I don't hold it as highly as, you know, as Goodfellas, obviously, and, you know, Reservoir Dogs. It's a different. It's not really a mob movie per se. So I think I mis- misclassified it there as a mob movie. But it's certainly in a, in a similar genre. I always think of it as just movies made in that time frame, like early 90s. So I, I, I loop it in that group of, like, movies of my adolescence that I, that I like and enjoy. But, yeah, Bronx Tale by Stony Reference. I, I, I dig it. I'm going to have to pump that into his open maybe next time he's on the score. But... Uh, all good news for the Sox tonight, man. Six to five winners, twenty and twelve record, tied for first place, three way tie. It's gonna get nuts here the rest of this twenty nine games right now. So we'll be back with you on Sunday, I believe, to recap the Royals series. Right now, uh, they have Chris Bubich out there listed as the uh, scheduled starter. It's great, Kansas City Bubich, um, and the Sox TBA. Do you think they're gonna roll Dane Dunning out there on Sunday? I mean, they could, but also they could. Throw Giolito back out. No, there. I thought I heard today that they're going to re they're they're setting up the rotation for the Twin Series. Uh, okay, I mean, I guess so. <laughs> a win is Take a win that. is a win. Take if you that, can get a win, if you can literally get a win versus the Royals, I know you can. You know, you throw yourself out there, but he's on rotation. That'll be his. That'll be the fifth day. He could pitch versus the Royals, and I know you want to pitch him versus the goddamn Minnesota Twins, but I don't. <laughs> I remember the last time he pitched for the Twins. I'm good. I don't nah, want that man. bad taste in that man's mouth. No, nah, he's got to get over that. the hurdle, man. He's got to get over the hurdle. He's got to beat beat the Twins, beat the teams that are ahead of you. And now, guess what? There's no one ahead of you because you're in first place. But yeah, he's but gotta... go to Minnesota and then motherfuckers make you evaporate. <laughs> what if they got his number? Maybe it's a thing, and he just has a thing versus the Twins. Well, it's like, not. We know it's not Chris a thing. Sale used to, he had Chris that, Sale used to have a thing versus the Twins. Oh, yeah, he, last year was like 12 strikeouts versus the With Twins. a complete, complete game shutout, I think it was. But, yeah, Chris Sale had that thing against the Twins because remember, who was it that came out and said 
that he was tipping pitches. Someone that was on that team said that they knew every pitch that was coming, which was like it, it made me so mad because at the time it's like it's like they know the pitches. And of course, it came out afterwards. I forgot it was was it Trevor Plouffe? Maybe someone you know one of these one of these former twins that's like a media personality now when he's not breaking incorrect news about base, baseball returning from COVID. Uh, yeah, I think it was Trevor Plouffe or one of those guys said that. Yeah, we had every every pitch. Or no, or was it Rosales? Was it Adam Rosales who used to kill Chris Sale? I don't remember. Oh, he used to murder him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was one yeah. of those guys, but they said, oh, yeah, we knew every pitch. Like, he was he was tipping out there, definitely. So, I thought that, that, that was enraging. But, yeah, man, it's, you know, I get what you're saying. You know, you could stack wins wherever you can get them. That's cool. But, yeah, I, I, I like it, man. Gamesmanship. Let's go. Our, our best three versus your best three, which I think. But that may not even be the case because of their, you know, uh, distorted schedule now. But, yeah, well, let's, let's go, and man. And it won't be our best three because Cease is pitching tomorrow. So, it'll mm. be Ronaldo Lopez. Probably. Oh, yay. <laughs> if it's one thing about the Twins, I always said it. You want to give them extra base runners and free passes. And, and you want to miss with your location consistently. <laughs> <laughs> that's good for that lineup <laughs> and then leave in the fourth inning son of a bitch. <laughs> exactly all right well uh, that's all we got um it's still time to get uh, in touch with us for the mailbag herbie how can they do that you can email us at locked on socks at gmail.com that is locked on socks at gmail.com questions suggestions just want to send us a hello whatever we'll read them all they all won't make Mailbag Monday, though. This Monday. Oh, no. This will be the first enough. time. Yeah, they're not all making it, which is really a, 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 a sight to see, which I'm very proud of you guys out there. I, I didn't think we'd get to this point so soon. But, yeah, it's just becoming a thing, and people dig it. So thank you, people. Yeah, so send them in. We'll read them. We get send them, them all. in, we Detroit. Both, <laughs> we both get them because we both have the, the Locked On Socks at Gmail on our phone so we both yeah see i them use and we both read them i use tanny like usually uh, prints them out and then reads them on the air so he sees it twice yeah i usually i use the locked on socks gmail account uh to register for columbia house dvds and cds so i use that for that purpose only and it just so happens to have us be connected to the mailbag so that's why i see I mean, them. how can you not do that it's, <laughs> it's uh, like 30 cds for us one penny oh yeah it's definitely great. and yeah and i always like the stuff they send every month so yeah it's cool with me you know so i'm just a win-win-win so yeah, locked I mean, on. How Sox. else are you going to get your now? That's why I call music fifteen. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know if you could find that anywhere other than Columbia House. But yeah, lockedonsocks at gmail dot com. Uh, looking forward to that, and we'll talk to you guys on Sunday, recapping the uh, Royals series, which hopefully will be another sweep of a bad team and getting into the the underbellies, the soft underbellies of bad teams and their bullpens. Mm, deliciousness when you have a good lineup, man. It's good, fun stuff right now for the Southsiders. That is the voice of Chris Tannehill. Follow him at Chris Tannehill. Me, I'm Herb Lawrence. Ecknerwall23 is to follow me on Twitter. And the show is Locked on Socks at Twitter and on Instagram. So for Chris Tannehill, my name Herb Lawrence. Thank you for joining us on Locked on Socks and Wakanda Forever.